alaikum. Welcome to Companions of the Message. This is Sada. And this is Maha. So last week we discussed the importance of leaving a legacy, that every single person is capable of leaving a legacy, is worthy of leaving, leaving a legacy. And inshallah this week we decided we would talk about acknowledging our own shortcomings and our flaws to sort of move forward and mm-hmm. to move in that direction. Um, Considering things like what is stopping you from your legacy? Is it your flaws? Is it your shortcomings? Is it your fears? We have to figure out what is stopping us from, from being our best, right? To be our best, inshallah. So I'm going to focus more on the spiritual aspect. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important, like when we're reflecting about ourselves and we're evaluating our spirituality, our closest with Allah, um, it's really important that we begin with, am I someone who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves? Am I someone who Allah considers a wali, right, a friend? Mm-hmm. Am I obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the point that Allah mentions me to himself and mentions me to those around him, to the angels around him, right? And then I think the first thing that we should think about when we're asking ourselves these questions and when we're ref- like reflecting about ourselves is, um, how is my salah? Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to evaluate your iman. Am I committed to my salah? Am I praying, first of all? And then am I praying on time? Yeah. And then am I going out of my way to have khushu' in my salah? There's levels to it, right? Yeah. And subhanAllah, before you start with your salah, right? Before you can even open the door, you need that key. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the reasoning why our salah is lacking is because of our wudu. And I feel like we don't really highlight that enough. Like before you go into, I know you have like a lot of points to mention about salah, but I want us to first acknowledge that it starts with wudu. You cannot speak to somebody with the door closed. The conversation will not be clear, right? You know when we're yelling at to our mom and we're like, why can't she hear me? Because the door is closed. <laughs> you have to open the door, right? So wudu is like that key to this locked door that's to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? To speaking to Allah, you need this key and that is your wudu. So making sure you're taking your time with your wudu, using as minimal water as possible, uh, making that intention, saying the dua when you go into the bathroom, when you leave the bathroom. Um, so yeah, starting off with your wudu. Okay, so when we're thinking about our salah, I think the best motivator when you're trying to do something, right? When you're struggling with something and you're trying to begin doing that thing or become consistent with it, it's knowing the consequences of not doing that action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give like an example. For instance, if you're driving and you're speeding somewhere really, really important, you're trying to get somewhere extremely important, you're rushing there, you get pulled over by a cop, um, and the cop is not understanding at all, right? So he's so disrespectful, he's definitely going to give you a ticket, going to give you points off your, your license. Um, what's the thing that is keeping you composed, right? Like what is the thing that's not allowing you to get out of hand with the cop and not yell back at the cop or even get physical with the cop, right? Even though he's completely disrespectful. It's the fact that you may get arrested if you challenge mm-hmm. like a government official or a police officer, right? So that that consequence is literally right in front of you as you're dealing with that cop, despite how annoyed you are, how angry you are. Mm-hmm. Um, SubhanAllah, it's right before your eyes. And so if Salah isn't your top priority, if you're someone who struggles with Salah, it's really like you literally drag your feet to Salah or you don't even, you know, you don't even think about it because it's it's just so far back in your mind. One way to remind yourself of its importance is knowing the consequences of what of what you're not doing, mm-hmm. of you not praying um, and how how terrifying it would be on the day of judgment for those who didn't pray. All right. What about the question that people always say? I'm praying, I'm wearing hijab, whatever it is but I don't have the right intentions. I'm just wearing it to wear it. Mm-hmm. When I hear those questions, what I think, like my first thought is, is like, okay, you're not getting rewarded, but you're also not getting punished, right? I would rather be in a standpoint than get punished. 
right? So if you're one of those people that feel like, what's the point? This is the point, right? The punishment of it all. Exactly. So, so true. So in Surah Al-Qalam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Ayah 42, mm. So on the day of judgment, people will be called to make sajda, right? Like scholars say that the toughest command on the day of judgment will be when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells all of mankind to make sujood, to fall into sajda, to prostrate to him. And of course, the believers will easily prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No questions about it, right? Mm-hmm. But those who didn't pray, those who weren't committed to their salah, Will, will will not be able to, to make sujood. Like it would physically, like they, it's physically impossible for them to fall into sujood. Why? Subhanallah. Because they didn't pray in the dunya. Um, subhanallah. And the next ayah, mm. They're not falling into sujood on the day of judgment despite wanting to make sujood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like they want to make sujood to Allah so badly, but they physically cannot. And, and them just standing there so humiliated in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their eyes are lowered to the ground. And mm-hmm. their faces are filled with humiliation. Like, they are so exhausted from the humiliation that they're going to experience on the Day of Judgment. Their eyes are lowered, like, their eyes are glued to the ground, right? Because they want to do what everyone around them is doing, right? Yeah. They want to make sujood like the believers around them are doing, but they mm-hmm. physically cannot. And subhanAllah, and then Allah at the end of the ayah says, وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ That these people were called to salah in the dunya. وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ And they were healthy. They were safe. There was literally nothing that, was, that could get in the way of them praying. Not a single excuse that could have been used as to why they weren't praying. وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ And yet they didn't pray. Right? They, they, they neglected their salah. They weren't committed to their salah. Right, like imagine, like on this day, even the righteous will be remorseful. Like mm-hmm. even the righteous will be so terrified. Um, so imagine those who didn't pray. Subhanallah. I think that enough is enough, like for to push you, right? Knowing your the consequences of an action, and like the humiliation you will feel. Like I'm just imagining as you're speaking, like you know when you're in a room and everyone's doing something and, and you pretend to even do something and you feel humiliated because you don't know what it is you're actually doing yeah, exactly. you're just like pretending in the actions that they're doing so imagine like being the only standing when everyone else is in studio when everyone else is in worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you can't even pretend to be amongst the, 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 the believers on top of the humiliation that they're feeling um, with the fact that they can't make sujood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as all the believers around them have fallen into sujood the believers will ask them when Allah, you know, takes the people that didn't pray and he puts them into the hellfire. The believers will watch them and they'll ask, Ma fi Like they'll ask them, why are you in the fire? Like what caused you to be in the fire? And subhanAllah, the first crime that they're going to mention responding to these believers is, that like we weren't of those who were committed to our salah. Mm-hmm. So like imagine like on top of that humiliation of not being able to make sujood, they're in the fire. And believers are asking them to admit to what they did. Like, mm-hmm. what did you do? What what could have? What could you have possibly done that landed you in this punishment? That landed you in this fire? And they literally have to. They're forced to explain what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. Subhanallah. And they're explaining what they did wrong to people who are literally living the best day of their life. Like the the believers on that day are like so excited because this is the best day of their life. They know that they're gonna enjoy like an mm-hmm. eternity of bliss. Subhanallah, and these people in Jahannam are like know that this is the worst day of their life. Th- this day is so terrible; like they would rather be turned into dust than be alive. 
Exactly. They would have died. They would have rather lived as animals. Subhanallah. Right? When they say they would rather be dust, who turns into dust? The animals, right? Yeah. So they would rather have been animals in this dunya than to be themselves and, and, and have this ending that they are, they're having. Subhanallah. Yeah. Exactly. Surah Al-Naba. All right. So what I wanted to focus on is just like, what are your weaknesses? Each and every single one of us, regardless of our level in Iman, in physical health, or whatever it is, we all have weaknesses. Gladiators, right? They are... When you think back about them, they're completely fit. They have so much talent. They've been training their whole lives. But what do they wear, Sada? Armor. They still wear armor because they know they're still human beings, that they still have weaknesses. Don't ever think that you will ever be without weakness. It's always going to be present, but it will always change, right? Your weaknesses, your fears will always change and adjust depending on how much you apply yourself to defeat that weakness and to defeat that, that fear. And, you know, I was listening to this this podcast once and he was saying, you know, I'm just being, right? Because I'm a human being. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, we're too busy doing yeah. and we're not busy being ourselves. Like, you know, being what we're supposed to be. And and I, when he said that, I was like, subhanAllah, like, I never really thought of it as us being human beings. We're supposed to be a lot more than who we, we claim we are or say we are. Um, and... SubhanAllah, going back to like your weaknesses, we have to go to war with our weaknesses, right? We always have to be in, in, in a state of like defeating them or in a state of removing them. And even if new fears come along or new weaknesses come along, it's just a new challenge ahead of you, right? You will always be at war. And I wanted to think of the weaknesses or the fears, right, of Ibrahim salam. He was so afraid. The reason why he was called the Siddiq is because he was so afraid to be a liar. Maryam was the most modest because what? Because she feared to be immodest, right? So subhanAllah, allow our fears to define our strengths. If I'm afraid of something, that means that I have to work that much harder to make it my strength, right? To allow myself to defeat it completely. And it's, a lot of the times, it's our insecurities that's stopping us from creating our legacy. We, oh, I can never give a halaqa, or I can never give a reminder, I can never help somebody, I can never do anything because I can't help myself. That's everyone's like focusing on, on their internal weaknesses. Yeah. Not realizing everyone's fighting their weaknesses, right? We all are, each of us struggling with ourselves and being, right? And I wanted to just highlight something about like having a vision. And I think of the Prophet Muhammad and I think of when he went to visit Ta'if. Mm -hmm. We all know the story, right? Quraysh was kicking him out, making him feel terrible. He had to flee. He goes to Ta'if. They humiliate him with words. They degrade him with their words. And not only that, they send like, you know, the gangsters of the town to throw rocks at him and stone him. Right, and he's running for a, you know a mile or so, and they're still chasing him. Like imagine being so persistent and being a terrible person. These are what people have thought of. And the Prophet ﷺ is dripping in blood. His sandals are sticking to him. Right, his friend that came with him is trying to block the Prophet ﷺ from any of the stones, and he still can't keep up with it. So. Subhanallah, we know what happened with Ta'if. You know, Angel Jibreel came, he asked him if you want me to destroy them, right, with the angel of the mountains. And what did the Prophet say? No, right? He said, in hopes that their children would become Muslim, I want them alive, right? He had a vision beyond the moment. A lot of us were only focused on the moment. If it's not going right, it won't be successful. My legacy won't continue. We're too busy not thinking of a vision ahead of us. The Prophet, if you want to think about who had such far visions like who would foreshadow things that were so like beyond his his existence even some things happened after he had passed away but he still had that vision and he still worked towards that legacy so no matter how how much you try to tackle those shortcomings or those flaws or whatever is getting in the way mm -hmm. subhanallah other things will come up 
right? Um, but it's still important that you're trying to tackle the things that are at hand, right? So there's this, um, this poem that I read, I can't really remember the poem, but I just remember the point, which was that you have two people on a journey and they're walking. And one person is not getting distracted at all. No one is bothering him. He's walking. And his friend, mm -hmm. a highway robber, comes in and starts bothering him, you know, getting in his way. And so then the, his, the other person that's not being bothered is already ahead, mm -hmm. right? He's, he's, he's continuing the journey. He's closer to his destination. While his friend that, that had that, that interruption, mm -hmm. right, is dealing with the robber and he's way, way back. And subhanAllah, like, that's the analogy of us when we're dealing with, a certain sin or a certain poison right like the more that you tackle these things and you get rid of them you're closer to your destination mm -hmm. but if you're still allowing those things to overcome you if you're mm -hmm. still getting interrupted by that that sin or that for instance that that highway robber or whatever you're gonna fall behind mm -hmm. so there's a difference between someone who is getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm -hmm. and having a few distractions come here and there and then someone who is truly like completely overcome by those sins my point in saying all of that is you need to eliminate the poisons in your life that are not allowing you to change so maybe it's not that you can't pray for instance maybe it's not that you can't you know get do that right thing but it's that you're doing all the things that get in the way of your prayer mm. you're doing all the things that are getting in the way of you calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly with full sincerity right your heart you need to understand that your heart is so so precious it is so valuable the prophet says mm -hmm. right like that the body has this little thing in it this morsel that if this thing in your body if it was good and it was it was salim if it, if it was pure then the rest of you would be pure mm -hmm. and if it is corrupted then the rest of you would be corrupted and then he says and he's talking about the heart. Mm -hmm. That this is your heart that you need to take care of. That, that the Prophet ﷺ is reminding us that there's our heart is something that is so extremely valuable. And that like if we're allowing other things in our heart, right? If we're leaving room for everything else in our heart, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like how do you expect yourself to get up and exactly. go make wudu and pray and have full khushu'ah? It's right. like you're breaking your legs and expecting to walk. Every day you throw yourself down the stairs and then you expect to get to your destination. It won't work. Yeah. You got to create your mobility, right? And stop you need, you the need things. To, you need to make room in your heart, subhanAllah. Mm -hmm. Like Imam Ibn al-Qayyim, he said your heart is a space, you know, and, and you, you will fill it, if you fill it up with anything else, there there won't be no, no space for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. Like how could there possibly be space for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you literally have everything else in your life there? Um, so, so remember that the problem isn't that you can't pray. Mm -hmm. The problem is that you're doing everything else that is getting in the way of your prayer. And so think about the word motivation, right? I, I always like go back to this equation. How do you become motivated, right? So there's an equation for motivation. And if you apply it to something you're trying to do, you're going to understand what it is that's stopping you, right? So motivation equals your desire and your capability. If you have both, you will be motivated, okay? Desire, do I want to? And then capabilities, am I able? Mm -hmm. If you're not able to do something, regardless of how much you want to do it, it won't be done, right? LeBron James is physically capable of running a marathon. He is in his best physique. He runs a lot, whatever it is. But that's his, he's capable. But does he have any desire to do it? No, he's a basketball player. He doesn't want to do that. So it, there's no motivation for him to run the marathon. Me, right? I'm trying to lose weight right? That's my desire. 
but I'm not putting in any effort to allow myself to be that, to give myself capability of doing it. I'm not surrounding myself in the right atmosphere. I'm not filling my refrigerator with what it needs, right? I have all this junk, and this is what I'm able to do. I'm able to eat whatever's around me. How am I going to this, fulfill this desire of mine? I'm not signing up for the gym, right? I'm not putting myself in any uh, environment that allows me to be capable. So if you want to be motivated in anything, you have to have the desire. You have to want it. That's number one. If you don't want to pray, you're not going to pray. If you don't want to wear hijab, you're not going to wear hijab. Your, your actions are influenced by your thoughts. The first step to doing is thinking. You have to first think about it, right? We always give the analogy that the brain is like a supercomputer, right? The computer will never produce anything you don't tell it to do. You don't press on it for it to do, right? When you deleted all your notes, what do we have to do? tell the computer to undo it to bring back your notes exactly. so your brain is the same way if you don't tell yourself that you can do something your body will never produce that if i keep saying i have a bad memory i'm never going to remember anybody's name because my brain is programmed to think don't remember her name yeah. right subhanallah so you have to be able to talk to yourself enough right motivate yourself with thoughts right that's your first way tell yourself you can do it Give this, build this desire in you. I have to, look, I have to pray. I have to understand the salah. I have to work on my salah. I have to pray more on time. You have to build it with thoughts. And then the next thing is surrounding yourself so that you're capable of doing it, right? Learning how to make wudu, learning how to pray, doing what you have to do, surrounding yourself with better friends. Allow it to be something that's accessible to you. The things we do easily are the most accessible things to us. And we don't even second think it, right? We automatically do a lot of things in our lives because it's so accessible. But the things that aren't, we struggle. So we have to make more of what will bring us closer to Allah more accessible. Closer friends, right? Going to the masajid, filling our, our, our time with, you know, good actions, benefiting each other. Your, your legacy is only as good as you want it to be. No matter how much we talk about legacy, if you don't want to create a legacy, you won't have one. It's very simple, right? You will never find someone who didn't want to do something and tried and that was the end. Like, it, it's really difficult, right? The product of you trying and you having the desire is most likely close to your goal, or at least your goal. So inshallah, like we know, that our, our main thing is like, you know, Muhammad Ali constantly told himself, I am the greatest. Tell yourself something good. Motivate yourself. Why was he the greatest? Because he told himself he was the greatest and he worked towards that goal. So inshallah, you know, you creating your legacy, it starts with you fighting your fears and your weaknesses and knowing they will never end. You will always be facing a new challenge. And that's the purpose, right? Allah is testing us to see which one of us are going to fight our fears and our weaknesses and defeat them. And constant tests are going to be presented to us, but that doesn't mean you, you can't do it, right? And we're not we're not saying to completely change your life, mm -hmm. right? Like a 360 on your life, get rid of all girl. your friends. Oh, 180. <laughs> yeah, 360. We're back where we started. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, get rid of all your friends and just mm -hmm. every single day you're at the masjid and you're just cutting off ties with all sorts of people. No, we're just saying first identify what is truly getting in the way, mm -hmm. and it's not going to be a bunch of things. It might be like one or two, three things. Yeah. Right. And we're not saying to cut off those things completely because that might be too hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're not saying go cold turkey because we usually know how that ends up. Yeah. No, but we're saying take steps towards distance, distancing yourself from that thing that's coming in the way between you and Allah subhanahu wa Like, for instance, if you love someone truly, like you truly love them and you respect them and you want to do everything to make them happy and that person tells you, I don't like this one thing that you're doing, mm -hmm. right? Are you going to tell them, you know what, because you don't like this one thing that I'm doing, goodbye. I, I, I <laughs> care less. You can walk out of my life. Yeah. You're obviously not going to do that, right? Because you have so much love and respect for that person Very that true. you're willing to, you know, let go 
of that thing that they requested for you to let go of. And subhanAllah, it's the same thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Start small, right? Keep your ch Change things little by little with what's most important. If I drip water, Sada, on the concrete repeatedly with a gallon of water, I have a gallon of water and I keep dripping water, it will cause a hole in the concrete. But if I pour the bucket of water one shot, nothing happens to the floor. You know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you constantly drip something, it will penetrate it. So this is how we have to be with our, our, our iman. We can't just pour ourselves into one halaqa or be motivated one moment and then that's the end of it. No, we have to constantly give our our hearts, right? This mm -hmm. qalb that we needed for it to be salim. We need to constantly give it drop by drop, constantly dropping it some, some khair, some remembrance of Allah and not just think, I just read the Quran once and then that's it. It's going to it's gonna be enough for me till I die. People just rely on Ramadan. Yes, you know, it's not enough. One bucket of water isn't going to change the floor. You need to constantly penetrate your heart with little reminders, small changes, and and stay consistent with that, right? Mm -hmm. And this will help you create that legacy that you're you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Like the most beloved actions to Allah mm -hmm. are, are the ones that are consistent, even if they're so, so tiny, even if it's the smallest thing that you can do every day, mm -hmm. um, it, it, will, it will catch up to you. So to, to give this a full circle, right, our whole point of this is we're trying to build our, our legacy, right, trying to build um, something that exists beyond us. And that starts with building something that exists with us, right? We have to start with ourselves. We can't expect things to just be built for us when we die. We can't just expect wells to be produced and all this other, you know, hasanat jariya to just, someone has to take care of me when I die. No, you take care of yourself, right? And and some of the things that are stopping us, like we said, were our fears, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, right? But we have to know that that's not an excuse. Those are just things to conquer. Those are just things to, to go at war with, to battle. So don't think you're not worth the fight. Inshallah, next week we're going to continue this legacy and we're going to hit um, suppressing your ego and your nafs. Sometimes that's what's stopping us from creating our, our everlasting legacy. Um, so see you guys next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.